going to say something before I get started. But you know that those songs those girls sing, man, I don't know about you, but they tear me up. And they are a blessing. And I want you to know, I don't care what time of the service it is, this altar is open. I mean, I don't care if it's in the middle of singing. I don't care if it's in the middle of the offering. I don't care if it's in the middle of me preaching. This altar is open. The most valuable real estate a church owns is right here. This is where business is done. So don't ever stop and think for a minute that you're going to interrupt me or slow me down because you're not. I used to have kids come up and sit on the steps while I was preaching. They'd crawl up and come up and sit on the steps. You talk about precious, man. Stuff like that's precious. Never slowed me down a lick. If you all need the altar, you come to the altar. That's the most important thing in the world. Now, with that being said, take your Bible this morning. Let's go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And I've had a message on my heart for two weeks I've wanted to preach. And I have to admit to you, I preached a message similar to this years ago, and I kept the same title, but I totally reworked the message. And it's been in my mind for two weeks. And you don't know how excited I am to get to stand behind this pulpit this morning and get to preach this message. So if you will, stand with me for just a moment as we read the Word of God in John chapter 20, and we'll start reading in verse 24. The Bible says, but Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print, I'm sorry, put, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. 
and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. That was the right thing to say. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Our Father, we come to you once again. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for the great music that we've heard this morning, that we've shared. We thank you, Father, for the praises. We thank you, Father, for uh, the worship and, and offering, uh, Father, Lord, that we've already seen and, and experienced and been a part of. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, how you've already touched our hearts and moved in this place. And, and Lord, we know it's real and we know it's true. And we know, God, that, Father, uh, by all the things that we experience, we know, we know what your Son, Jesus Christ, has done for us. Lord, I thank you for the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. And Lord, today, as we glean something from the precious old book, Lord, touch our hearts. Father, open our hearts to the Word of God, that, Lord, we would hear from you today, that, Lord, you'd make a change in our heart, in our life, in our families, in our homes, in our church, in our community. Father, we beg you now to do something that only you can do. And Lord, that's to expound the Word of God to us. Lord, we love you with a sincere love, Lord, because you first loved us. And Father, now we need to experience that love even more. And Father, thank you for your many blessings. For the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. You can all be seated. How many times in your life have we been, or you been, the doubting Thomas? We talk about, and we use this expression, the doubting Thomas. And this is where it comes from in the scripture. Because Thomas had to see him. We use the expression, well, you know, Missouri being the show me state, they have to see it to believe it. And maybe Thomas was from Missouri, I don't know. But, uh, you know, he had, he had to see the prints of the nails in his hands. He had to be able to put his hand into his side. He said, then I will believe. Christian, if you've been saved for any amount of time, there's been a time in your life when you've doubted. I know I have, and I'll guarantee you, you have too. But you know what I find most interesting in how I get past that is each and every time there's a doubt that crossed my mind, Brother Leonard, I grab a hold of that devil because that's who it is that's causing that doubt. I'll grab a hold of him by the shirt collar and I say, watch this, son. And I take him right back to the place where I got saved as a nine-year-old boy in a Southern Baptist church in a revival meeting on a Sunday night. And I'll say, if I didn't get it there, now watch this. And you know what happens? I, I usually don't get that far because he's already left me alone by that point in time. But you know what the great thing is? When you doubt your salvation, when you doubt God, let me tell you something. It's a sure sign you got it. Yeah. 
You say, well, why is that, preacher? Because you never doubted before you had it. You knew you were lost before you had it. We all doubt. There's times in our Christian life when we doubt if our prayers are going any higher than the ceiling. We doubt if God even hears us. We get in our Bible and we begin to read our Bible and, and it doesn't talk to us, it doesn't speak to us. And we wonder if the Bible still has the power that it has at one time in our life. We come to church and things just aren't as sweet as they used to be. They're not, not as good. We just kind of go through the motions. And we doubt if church is really doing anything for us anymore. What can I tell you? We need to look for the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. Because we've all, we've all had things happen in our life when the only way to explain it is because of the prints of the nails in his hands. He's real. He's true. He's so close at times you can't explain it or even begin to put it into words. Remember the testimony of others and what God has done for them. And our doubt begins to go away. Remember that God loves you just as much as he loves everybody else. And if he loves someone else that much to do that for them, then I promise you, he'll do it for you. In your time of need, in your time of despair, when you need something from God that only he can supply, he's the one who will come through and take care of it that time. But not until you have the need. That's how God works. My friend, when we doubt, now listen to what I'm about to say. When we doubt, we allow others to doubt as well. You see, our lack of confidence, our lack of confidence in God spreads. And when we have that lack of confidence in God and what he's done for us, then others begin to lose confidence in God as well. Boy, it's quiet in here. Have you lost your confidence in God? When that happens, others lose confidence in God. They lose confidence in you. They lose confidence in the church. They lose confidence in the preacher. They lose confidence in the Word of God. And they lose confidence in God. Amen, Brother David. If nobody else would do it, I'd do it myself. You all hear what I'm telling you? You know what's happened to a lot of us in Christianity today? We've lost our confidence in God. The church as a whole has lost its confidence in God. And might I say that Grace Missionary Baptist Church has been through such a tough time and a hard time the last several years. You know what's happened? 
the church has lost its confidence in God. Come on now, get with me. Oh, I'm going to, Brother Nick. I ain't going to slow down a lick. But we need to remember the proofs that we've seen in our lives of the prints of the nails in his hands. Christian, the lost must see confidence in our lives, in the things that God has done for us. They must hear the confidence in our lives, the confidence in our families, the confidence in our homes, the confidence in our walk and in our talk with Jesus Christ. They must see our confidence in our church. They must see the confidence in our unity. They must see what God has done for us. He's our Savior. He's our God. He's our Christ. He's our Redeemer. And we must have the utmost confidence in Him and what He's done for us. For without it, without it, this world is damned. Y'all hear what I said? Without the confidence, without our confidence in Jesus Christ and our Savior, this world is damned. And it has no hope in ever finding a way of escape. We are the instruments that God allows to stay on this earth that he uses to make a difference in lost people's lives. You're a tool in the toolbox that God has. Well, God's not using me now. I've got two big toolboxes at home, and I guarantee you I'm not using one of those tools right now. But you know what? They're all there waiting for me to come along and pick them up and use them when I have the need. Those tools aren't impatient. They're not begging me to use them. They're simply waiting. Now, Christian, look at here. God might not be using you right now, but be patient, because I promise you, He will. I promise you, He will. We must maintain the proof of the prince of the nails in His hand. If you walk out of here, I want you to leave today with that one thought in your mind. The proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. Christian, when we pray, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. When we worship together, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. And when we worship all alone, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. When we trust him, it's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. And when we reverence his name, it's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. 
When we read our Bibles, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. And when we weep over our sins, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. When we rejoice over the salvation of a lost soul, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. When we take a stand for righteousness, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. When we speak of our God and what he's done for us, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. When we give to the church, our missionaries, and those in need. It's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. When we sing his praises, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. When we tell others what he's done for us, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. When we decide to live righteously, righteously and godly in this present evil world, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. When we're faithfulness, when our faithfulness comes true, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. When we shout, when we lift our hands, when we praise his holy name, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. When we rejoice, when we tell someone what Christ has always done, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what we got to remember. And get excited. Get excited what God has done for you. Isn't it a blessing? Yeah, I'll tell you what, Brother Leonard. When I get that new heavenly body, I mean, I got scars all over me. I can see. I know it. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? When I get that new heavenly body, there won't be a scar. There won't be a mark. That's right. Hallelujah. But I believe when we get to glory and we meet our Jesus, the prince of the nails will still be in his hands. We must always remember to live by and have confidence in the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. In the church, we must have confidence in our church. We must have confidence to be faithful to it and to the covenant that we have made one with another. I thank you all for the confidence that you've bestowed in me as your pastor. I asked my wife last night, we were sitting on the couch talking for a minute, and I looked her right in the eye and I said, Tude, that's my little name for her. I said, Tude, I said, tell me something. She said, what's that? I said, how in the world did I wind up as pastor of Grace Missionary Baptist Church? <laughs> she looked at me and she said, I don't know. <laughs> But that's God. And it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. We must have confidence in our church. We must be able to take the things that have 
that have caused us to lose the confidence in the past and put those things aside and have confidence in what we have now and what we have in the future and what God's going to do. We must always remember that we have a future, that God is already there, Jesus Christ is already there, the Holy Spirit is already there, and He knows what's going on. And we must have confidence in the future of our church and the body of this believers that God is going to do something extra special and great. It's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. As cars, you ready for this one? Here we go again. As cars pull into the parking lot on Sunday morning, it's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. As the doors are open and people come in, it's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. As the lessons are taught, it's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. As handshakes are given and hugs are shared, it's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. As the music begins and we lift our voices together, it's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. As the prayers are offered, it's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. As the offering is given and as the scriptures are read, it's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. As the word of God is proclaimed, it's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. As the Holy Spirit begins to deal with our hearts, it's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. As the invitation starts, it's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. And as Christians gather together around the altar, it's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. As lost people come forward, weeping and asking Christ to forgive them of their sin and to be their Lord and their Savior, it's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. As the baptismal waters are stirred, it's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. Ladies and gentlemen, we must always remember the confidence in what God has done for our church by the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. You see, everything we do, everything we do as a church It's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. And I'm going to share with you something. There's going to be times you'll get mad at me and times I might get mad at you. But you know what's going to be the truth? If we're true brothers and sisters in Christ, we should be quick to reconcile and to make things right between the two of us. You know what it's called, Brother Nick? It's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. Christ forgave me of my sin. He forgave you of your sin. And we ought to be able to forgive one another. Amen. And let it go. Let it go. I've got people in my past that have done me wrong. And you know what's the truth? I've forgiven them. I may not want to fellowship with them. But I've forgiven them. We'll fellowship in heaven. Amen. You all understand? We must always remember the proof of the prince of the nails in his hands. And at the end, at the end of this journey, 
we must remember the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. There have been many times in my life when I've had loved ones pass away, church members pass away. I've been with, you know, families as loved ones have passed and gone through that. But I never forget what a blessing it is to be with a brother or sister in Christ and to be with their family and to see the difference in how that process takes place because of the love of God and the forgiveness that they have in their life, knowing they're going to a better place. But on the other side of the coin, I've been with folks and their families who have not been saved. And it's a dreaded, dreaded difference. A dear friend of mine, a dear pastor friend of mine told me this story. He said that in his, in his community, there was this old man, said ever since he was a little boy, said he was the meanest man you ever met. And he said that he heard that this old man was dying. And he'd witnessed to him and told him about the gospel many times, but he decided he'd go one more time and talk to him about the gospel. So he went to the man's house and went into the bedroom where the man was laying there. And he told him, he said, get out of my house. I don't want anything to do with you or with your God or with your Bible. Get out of here and leave me alone. And my friend left in tears. A few days later, he heard that this man was on, he was, he was going. This was the day he was going to die. He said, I'm going to take one more time. One more time. So he went to that man's house and walked in the room. The man was laying there on his deathbed. And with all the strength the man could muster, he said, I told you to get out of my house and to leave me alone with your God and your gospel. The pastor said he went into the living room where the family was at and tried to comfort them and be with them and pray with them the best he could. But it was to no avail. He said eventually they heard this man begin to yell. He began to yell, let go of me! Let go of me! Leave me alone! And they went into the room and the man was thrashing about in the bed. And he was beating at his shoulders and his arms screaming, let go of me! Let go of me! Leave me alone! And just a few moments after that he began to scream. He began to scream, my feet, my feet, my feet are on fire. My legs are on fire. And that man slipped off in eternity, yelling and screaming about the torment he was already beginning to experience. You know, there's something missing in, in preaching anymore, and that's preaching on hell. Hell's a real place full of real people that had real good intentions, but they never accepted the real gospel of Jesus Christ. God's not sending people to hell. People are already going to hell of their own accord. God made a way of escape through his son, Jesus Christ. 
He's not upset with you. He loves you. And he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die and shed his blood on the cross of Calvary for you to make a way of escape for you and for me. And it don't matter what color. It don't matter how tall you are. It don't matter anything. What, what it is, is that's how much he loves you. I'm reminded of the story of General Stonewall Jackson's death. As many of you, I'm sure you know, General Jackson was a Christian. And he practiced his Christian faith in such a way that he allowed his armies to fight by his Christian beliefs. He wouldn't mail a letter if it was going to be in uh, transport over Sunday. He would wait and mail it on Monday. But the other unique thing about Jackson is he loved to fight on Sundays. He felt God was with him on Sunday when he went into battle. It came the time of the Battle of the Wilderness in 1863, in the month of May. And they just fought the Battle of Chancellorsville. And Jackson was planning on doing something that wasn't done in the Civil War, but he was planning a night attack, which is something that just wasn't done because it was very hard to coordinate all your forces in the dark. So Jackson and his aides decided that they would go out and take a look at where they could best attack the Union line. So Jackson was on his horse and his aides with him, and they came upon a Confederate picket. And the picket called out, and I guess Jackson and his aides did not hear the, the question, and they fired upon Jackson. His own soldiers fired upon him and wounded him in the arm. They gathered the general up, took him back to the rear, took him to the surgeon, and the surgeon had to amputate his arm. Over the next eight days, General Jackson lost his strength. And what, what they say happened is pneumonia set in because they didn't know how to treat it and how to work with amputees at that time very well. They called for his wife, they called for the surgeons, they called for, for his other generals that served under him and so on. And they gathered around his bed. And General Jackson asked his wife, he said, he said, what is, what is my future? What is my, what is my hope? And his wife looked at him and said, General, today you shall meet your Savior face to face. And General Jackson looked at him and he said, what day is it? And his wife said, it's a Sunday, sir. And he laid back on the bed and he looked up at her and he said, good, very good. I always wanted to die on a Sunday. And as the day progressed, he began to become a little bit delirious and he started giving order, orders to like A.P. Hill and the other generals who served for him to, to make this move and to take this hill and move this way and that way and so on. And finally, they said that his eyes cleared for just a moment and he looked up and he said this, it is now time to cross over the river and to rest in the shade of the trees. And he closed his eyes and he died. Now folks, that's the difference between a lost person 
dying and a saved person dying. And the difference is, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. We've all lost loved ones who we beg God not to take. But it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. We've seen God answer prayer. And it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. We've all had things happen in our lives that we cannot explain. That there is no scientific, physical explanation for what happened. But it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. My friend today, I want to ask you a question. If you were to die right now, how would you die? Would you die as General Jackson did with a calm and a peace that passes all understanding and saying it is now time to cross over the river and to rest beneath the shade of the trees? Or would you die in torment? knowing that's how you'll spend eternity. How will you die? The change can be made today. There's not a Christian in here that could not stand and tell you about the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands with something that's happened in their life. I know Brother Glenn's had extraordinary things happen in his life, happened in his life. And brother, it's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hand. And we could go around the room and everybody could say that about different things that happened in their life. It's the proof of the prints of the nails in his hand. How will you die? I want to die well. As my father died many years ago, as he was in the hospital passing away, we'd go in and talk to him. And he'd say this, he'd say, David, there's two men standing at the foot of my bed. Can you see them? No, Dad, I can't see them. Well, they're there. And the day before he died, Brother Terry, I went in to see him. And he said this. He said, David, do you see him? I said, see who, Dad? He said, there's three men standing at the foot of my bed. My father died well. Christian, have you lost confidence? 
Have you lost confidence in the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands? There's just that doubt in what God can do. There's just that doubt. No, now is no time for doubt. Now is no time to worry if it's going to work out or not work out. Now's the time to look back and say, I know it's going to work out because of the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. The invitation is this. If you're lost here today and you don't know Christ and you want to die well, today is the day for you to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And as the invitation is sung, the music is played, I ask you to come forward and take this preacher by the hand and say, Preacher, I need to be saved. I want to die well when it's my time. It's the proof of the prince of the nails in his hand. Christian, maybe there's just been things going on in your life where you've lost confidence. You've lost confidence in God. You've lost confidence in the church. You've lost confidence in your relationship with Christ. Just come today and regain your confidence. And remember all the great things that Christ has done in your life because of the proof of the prints of the nails in his hands. Let's all stand for a minute. Do you need to come? Come on. Don't even wait for the music to start playing. Just come on right now. Come on. Come on. You might say, I don't want to go up there by myself. Grab a hold of the person next to you. They'll come with you. They'll come with you. Come on. Come on right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on.